Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And we've got a special guest today. Lynn, I'm going to let you intro him. You know him better than I do. Oh my goodness. Um, This is Garen Brown. Garen contacted me maybe June or July this summer. Recently returned Mormon missionary, believe it or not. And yet, um, oh man, I want to tell you, but I can't tell you. You've got to hear it from his lips alone. <laughs> Good. So. Welcome, Garen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, delighted to have you on the podcast. So, yeah, I want to hear your story. So, return Mormon missionary, I would say start with just a little bit of your personal family history background, who you are, and then... So I'm from Queen Creek, Arizona. I grew up in the Mormon church in that area. It's, there's a lot of LDS people around there, so it was part of the culture. I, I grew up in it. My family goes pretty far back in the church, I think since the beginning. So, I mean, my wow. grandparents okay. grew up in it, their parents grew up in it. I mean, so the whole family is just embedded in the Mormon church. Both sides. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so I grew up in it and then I served my LDS mission, serving in the Riverside, California mission. Okay, so for you a good mission experience? Um... Yeah, I uh, I met tons of people. I'm, I'm still in contact with the day. I've had a lot of uh, missionary companions that I still consider friends and so yeah I would would say it was a good experience good growing experience you know okay you're don't have parents around you're not in contact with family a lot besides emailing them on Monday and and talking to them Mother's Day and Christmas so it's a good time to I guess be away and just grow as a person okay so before going on your mission, how would you describe yourself as an LDS person? From about middle school to like sophomore year of, of high school, I wouldn't say I was an active Mormon. You know, people would think I was inactive because I just really didn't go to church or anything. Um, actually, my first year of Mormon seminary was my junior year. And so, oh. so I wasn't the most committed then and then I was invited to seminary by my seminary teacher at the time and that helped me get more committed to it and I read the Book of Mormon so I felt like when I read the Book of Mormon I had the burning in the bosom as they say or just those warm good feelings I felt like the Book of Mormon was the word of God I felt like the church was true and it was like at that point I was like well I know it's true and I I feel like it's right and so I committed myself junior and senior year to get ready for my mission and I'm curious about the 
burning in the bosom experience? Was it a kind of one time thing where you asked God and then had this experience or, or it was just while you were reading the Book of Mormon? I think it, it was just, good. yeah, while I was reading the Book of Mormon, uh-huh. it, it felt good. I, I read it the summer going into my junior year. Like our, our, our congregation had what they called Moroni's challenge. And so we were challenged to read the Book of Mormon and then pray about it. And I remember being challenged. My dad challenged me to do that as well. And so I did and felt like, wow, the Book of Mormon's true because I have a good feeling about it. And, you know, I felt like that was God's spirit testifying of the truthfulness of it. And so that's when things changed. But yeah, it was, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It was like constantly reading it and feeling good about reading it. Kind of confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like it was true. So when you took off on your mission, then you were like all in. Oh yeah, you were like faithful. Was, I'm I'm all about mm-hmm. this. I'm excited to serve my mission. Mm-hmm. I've been called to do it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was all in. Yeah, I was zealous for the Mormon gospel. I wanted to share it with people. My my senior year and going on my mission, I I gave a friend of Book of Mormon and challenged him to read it and, you know, pray about it. No, it's true. And yeah. so and yeah. uh, a Christian friend I had, I remember like the first week of my mission, I was just like, man, you got to read the Book of Mormon, like all this stuff. Like, so I was very like in it and wanted to bring friends, close friends to the to the gospel, you know, to the Church of Jesus Christ yeah. of Latter-day Saints. So. Any incidences on your mission that shook that at all or <laughs> changed any of that? Looking back now, God used different people. Like the first day of my mission, like the first proselyting day, I remember talking to a guy about, you know, the deity of Christ and the Trinity and... It's bad, but I like love Bible bashing. Like I love feeling like I could <laughs> prove people wrong out of the New Testament because at the time I felt like the New Testament like strongly defended Mormonism. Like yeah. I was like, I would tell people, and if you just read the New Testament, like you would come to the conclusion that Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is like the restored church, like is the church that Jesus Christ set up. Any specific things that yeah. seem <clears throat> to prove Mormonism? At the time, I felt like the book of Acts just and like the apostles and how they were called. And, you know, it was like, well, we're the only church with apostles and like no other churches claiming to have prophets and apostles and, and things like that. So I felt like the organization was the same as when Christ set it up. And but obviously since then, my my views have changed. <laughs> so... But yeah, and then there was other people God used uh, towards the end of my mission. Uh, I had Christians witness to me, and I, I, at the time, I didn't feel like it was doing much. But uh, looking back now, God used people to witness to me that I feel like were meaningful in my walk with God. So, all right, and so you finish your mission when? April 24th was the day I got back from my mission okay. of, this of this year. Of this okay. year. Yeah. Seven so, months ago or yeah. something, yeah. So, wow. April 24th. <laughs> and now you're here mm-hmm. being interviewed by us. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So, wow. What happened? Towards the end of my mission, I, I just felt so, it was really weird because I felt like I was doing the right thing. And, you know, felt like I was on a mission. I was serving God. I was serving, 
you know, testifying to people of his church, of what I thought at the time. So I felt like I was doing the right thing. And I just felt like not like a personal relationship with God. Like I felt like something was missing. I was doing everything in my power. Mm. You know, I really tried to, you know, I was a missionary. And even when I got off my mission, like I was keeping the church standards, I was keeping the commandments, like, you know, at least doing my best. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say I was perfect because no one's perfect, but felt like I was just doing everything and still something was lacking and so God used that and also when I got home I realized that there's people in my family who were really struggling with the faith as well and so I was like I'm a have an unbreakable testimony and I'm a return missionary so I still have the fire in me to share the gospel and so I decided to do some research into what my family was having problems with in the church oh dear and and God God used that as well so it was kind of like both sides of the spectrum really Mm. okay so can you go ahead and clue us into some specific things that happened that took you from on fire return mormon missionary to wow now somebody who's Mm reevaluating your whole faith i mean of your whole childhood your whole life trajectory to that point yeah well, I came, as a lot of people do who start having doubts about the church, I came across some things on the internet that, to me, it wasn't about old, it wasn't about people's character from, the, you know, Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. It wasn't really that, because I look in the Bible, I know that people have done bad things in the Bible, you know? So, right. to me, it was the doctrines that were being taught um, and and reading the Bible and comparing them. So, for example, Joseph Smith teaching that God was a man and became God. And I would read scriptures, you know, I think it's Psalms like 90 uh, verse 2, I think, that God everlasting like has always been god right from um, everlasting to yeah to a, from everlasting to everlasting yeah. you are god psalm 92 exactly. yeah and isaiah as well where god is basically saying like before me no god was formed and neither shall there be after me so how did you come across those verses i mean did you just did you have somebody point you toward those yeah or? there was a ministry actually a ministry out of arizona that i was watching some of their youtube videos and they would witness to mormons and okay and so they would use those scriptures because I was really like looking for truth. I was just saying like, God, like, I feel like I'm doing everything. I just want to know the truth. Like, just, I just want to have a relationship with you. You know, something where I, I feel like I'm falling short and I, you know, I just want to be closer to you. And so God was using, using a bunch of things. And I, I came across that ministry and they, would ask people like how do you reconcile that Joseph Smith thought this in the Bible mm. teaches this and so I would ask myself that, that like that is my favorite question it, you know if, if it's true it can be it should be able to be reconciled you know like truth can be defended and I I really didn't like where you'd be asked a question and you wouldn't know but you'd say well I, I know Joseph Smith's a prophet because I have I feel like the Book of Mormon's true and it's yeah. kind of like, well, hold on a minute. Like, if he's a prophet, then the things he teach should go align with what God's revealed. And so I really felt you like should God... should be able to answer questions, Yeah, right? I really felt like God was just 
opening my mind and things really really changed when I stopped praying for a reassurance of the Mormon church to be true and started praying just opened my eyes to truth and that's when I read the Bible and it was like I've read the New Testament as a Mormon and like I said I felt like it defended the Mormon church but right. this second time around reading it, it was just like wow like couldn't believe it was like I've never read it this way like just yeah so just for our listeners there was a Mormon apologist a few years ago that wrote a book called a biblical defense <laughs> of Mormonism that gentleman ended up in biblical Christianity mm -hmm. because there wasn't a biblical defense of Mormonism that he could defend mm -hmm. right yeah. Okay, so at what point note. at what point do you turn that corner to where you're going from, first of all, well, I'm sure I can defend Mormonism if it's the truth, to, wow, there's some doctrinal stuff that is not adding up in terms of the Bible, to, okay, no, the faith of my childhood, the faith of my family isn't biblical, isn't true. So where, got, at what point does that corner turn? Yeah, what happens there? So it was probably, so I got off my mission April 24th. It was probably late May, early June that I was like seriously having doubts okay. about the the church. Like it was, I got home and I started doing research because like I said, people in my family were struggling with the faith and I wanted to help them. So it was like right when I got home, I felt like God was giving me that assignment to you know, mm -hmm. help bring them and back. now you had so, access to the internet, yeah. which you didn't on your mission, right? Yeah. And, it and was so controlled. Yeah. And so it was just d looking into the doctrines and, you know, some of what Mormons would call like the deep doctrine. I'd read that and see what the Bible said. And I was like, oh, there's some huge differences. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's where things change and it brought a lot of confusion um but as i continued to study continue to do my research and still continue you know right. god has revealed to me that the church i grew up in the church i just got done serving for two years and bringing other people into it you yeah. know isn't true and so yeah it i guess that was kind of like this specific time and so did you begin to have regrets for some of that how yeah. have you dealt with I yeah I felt almost guilty because some of the people most I would say all the people I baptized on my more mission I was really close with like I grew a relationship with and so it was so hard to bring people into it and then it's like I felt like a hypocrite I was like man like I baptized people but now I don't even believe in it you know and so it brought some guilt and I was asked by family members like how could you do that how could you go on a two-year mission and then come home and now not even believe in it and all that stuff like mm. how can you look in Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, Elder Hall and a leader in the Mormon Church has like a talk like that. Like, how could you serve a mission and to come home and then like look those investigators in the eye that you baptize and now like not believe in the church? So I remember that talk in my mind, and so it just brought like a lot of like wow. 
people say Mormon guilt, it, it just brought a lot of guilt and, and confusion, like I said, and, and anger, too. Okay. Oh, and that's, that's the first you've mentioned that <laughs> yeah. word. And we, we are talking talk about, about grace that. and anger. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so clueless, because that, that would be a very natural mm-hmm. emotional response. And a lot of a lot of former LDS people go through a time of anger. Yeah. So, when does when does that start to come into play, and how does that come into play as you're processing? When I came across things on the internet, it was like, man, I was. This is all sourced from church resources, and I, I felt like the church was covering things up, covering its history up, excommunicating people for exposing church history and so mm-hmm. that is sorry what was what, what was the question <laughs> was asking what? Him, like when the anger began yeah okay what so that is what caused anger it was I felt like I just wasted two years of my life and some of these like I felt like I was being fed lies from birth and it just I don't know it just it brought anger it felt it brought a lot of betrayal and just Anger towards the organization. You know, I don't blame family members or anything because they were taught the same thing. So I, you know, it's like can't really hold my parents accountable because they were taught, mm-hmm. you know, the lies too. And it's more just so sad to see the people who are just so dedicated to it and just like, you know, seeing my grandparents grow in grow up in the church and they're they're still in the church and to see them like wear out their lives for something that has been proven to be a lie you know something that's a fraud and so it just there was just a lot of emotion to it right and just well and i think you're very wise to be able to put because anger anger is a secondary emotion mm-hmm. something triggers the anger there's something there and often what happens is there's something we feel and we'd far rather feel angry than feel that because that other emotion is so unsettling, so mm-hmm. disturbing. And you've actually hit on two or three already. You mentioned mm-hmm. betrayal, yeah, uh, a sense of being lied to, a sense of wasting yeah. time um, for something that wasn't true mm-hmm. and being used to influence others. I'm feeling guilty for yeah. having brought other people into <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you how did you start working how did you start working through that? Because I don't I don't sense that in you now. I mean when I mm. look at you now and I listen to you and we've talked off camera, off mic. Yeah. And I do not see Garen as an angry person. <laughs> so so what happened? I would say just continuing to develop my relationship with with Christ um, and talking to people about it. Like when uh, when I realized that the church wasn't true and I basically gave my life to Christ, you know, I accepted Christ. I remember just feeling like chains falling off me, like spiritual and just chains, like being released from me. And so I just continued to develop my relationship with Christ and just, you know, just being very honest with myself and with God saying, God, I'm, I'm angry and like, I need help through this. 
And, and did you have anybody walking with you? I mean, did you do all this on your own? Because this is a huge, you've come a long way in just six or seven months mm-hmm. since going. So what? One thing <laughs> just, that helped, yeah. One thing that helped out a lot is, well, there, there's a couple of people who have really helped me in, in my walk with, with Christ. There, there's tons of people, but uh, we had a family vacation, family reunion, uh, July, July 4th, um, over that week, right. weekend. And I remember being so terrified because at that time I was a Christian, you know, I, I, I wasn't wearing my garments. I wasn't going to an LDS church. You like, come to personal faith in Christ. Yeah, you, okay. I came to faith in Jesus, and so I remember being terrified. Like, man, they're going to want me to share out of the Book of Mormon, <laughs> bear my testimony about Joseph Smith, like all these things. And I haven't seen my distant cousin, you know, my relatives, and since before my mission. And so I remember going up to uh, some family members when I when I got there and. It was just on my chest. Like, it, 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 there was just a huge weight on my shoulders. Like, I just need to tell people. Like, I, I felt like I couldn't be myself until I told until you came people. Clean. people. Mm. Yeah. And so I told some family, like, I'm having major doubts about the church. I, I don't believe the church is true anymore. And, you know, family members were telling <laughs> me, well, guess what? We, I, this is gonna, my be strange for you to hear as well but we are having doubts too and we don't believe the church is true anymore either so it was just cool to see god like bring multiple people out of the church in my family around the same time and like that's when i knew like god knows me because he i would not be able to get through it alone yeah um and so i've had conversations with family every day about you yeah. know the, the the church and so I really felt like God uh, you know was behind that so I want to go back to the anger component because mm-hmm. I know this is a common thread and I guess Lynn I know you've dealt with scores of transitioning Mormon people and you know Garen's got you know, he's still fairly young compared to you and I, <laughs> but there are people who have spent a lifetime, 15, 20, 30, 40 years or more in the church. What have you What have you found that they run into when they start <clears throat> discovering some of these same things? Now, I've seen God save people in their 80s and 90s out of Mormonism that have been in it their entire lives. And uh, God gets into your life, turns you upside down, and there's only one way to go, right? And that is toward Jesus. I think for someone like me who was older, most of my anger was um, because I felt like I'd wasted my life, for Mm -hmm. one thing. I didn't know that God could redeem all of those years and that he promises to do that. The other thing I was really upset about was that I had raised my kids in something that wasn't true. And so I loved my kids. I would not do anything to hurt them. In fact, I'm trying to do everything that's right for them. 
um, there was a defining moment when I went to Micah, who found Jesus first in our family, my third son, and apologized to him for raising him in Mormonism. Wow. And he looked at me and he said, Mom, don't you realize that this maybe was God's plan from the beginning if you mm -hmm. and dad hadn't gone into Mormonism if you hadn't been really active if you hadn't been a Relief Society president yeah. and he a high priest and you a BYU professor mm -hmm. then he radically changes your life who would care right what you have to say yeah. <laughs> and so Micah obviously with the same story except my kids found Jesus very young and their transition was much easier faster than mine and their anger certainly didn't hang on as long I still find myself after 12 years um, having anger issues about certain yeah. things I certainly don't like white shirts <laughs> <laughs> and suit coats very well I, I just like oh. No, yeah. well, and but I think that's so good. I think people need to hear one that anger is okay. It's expected. Mm -hmm. It's normal. And mm -hmm. and to encourage them, like you've done, to be able to name what's underneath the anger, the betrayal, yeah. the hurt. That's that's the key, because anger. You know, my background's emotional and behavioral disorders. So anger is a secondary emotion, and it always comes from somewhere else. So it's gonna come from feeling like you've been lied to. It's gonna come from betrayal. It's gonna come from guilt or shame, or it's gonna come from somewhere else. And it does help to kind of identify that. Here's another thing that was helpful for me, reading in the book of Revelation that Jesus is the God of our is and our was and our is to come. And I realized once I had the Lord in my life, I could take the Lord into my past and into that anger and into the root of those things and that he could heal those, right? Uh -huh. So that my is to come would be free and healed and healthy. And that's really a critical process for anybody who's been through any kind of sexual Absolutely, abuse or yes. any kind of serious crisis in mm -hmm. their life. And to know that God is able to work all things together for good yeah. to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so there's kind of a, there's kind of a dual thing there where you want to move toward Jesus. You want to let him move you and call you to his purposes. You want to fall in love with Jesus because those are the conditions for God working everything for your good. And as you surrender to him, he's able to do that. But also then there's the assurance as you look back, you say, okay, wait, he said he can do this. And even if you don't see it at the moment, and I would say, even if, you know, we've got people right now that are listening there, I'm still in the angry place. I'm yeah. still furious. Okay. Feel the fury. Take the time to identify what's underneath it, but no, don't stay there. Know that God is able to do, he's able to work that for good and use you in your life and let that be your hope. For There's only one place to go with that anger and I bet Garen can tell us where that is. <laughs> to God, to Jesus. Yeah. How did that work for you? I've realized that, you know, there's a sanctification process. Like, it's kind of different now. Like, 
I'm not as angry as I mean. There's sometimes where if I like, I'll come across Facebook posts or just like when people try almost like bringing me back. I I like try to control myself, and now it's more just like sadness. Like I'm not. I really try not to lash out at people or come right. across harsh. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, cause people are passionate about their faith and yes. And so, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just different now. It's just, there are still some times where I, if I think about some things, you know, I can really get angry, but I've, I've noticed like it's starting to go less and less and more turn into like sadness now and. Mm-hmm. Just feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding, and it, it, I don't know. It was just tough for me because I would share things that I would come across that I really felt like, man, this basically like tr- proves that we've been lied to yeah. <laughs> all life. And people would look at me like I was the crazy one, or I'm the one that's deceived, and or the reason why I left the church is because I can't keep the standards. You know, I've had some very close people that I still love say that to me, you know, that the reason why I left the church is because I must be addicted to pornography or something like that, you know? And right. it's like, wow. why am I being attacked? Why is my integrity and my character being attacked instead of you guys examining the things that I've come across? And so that caused, like, I felt like these people were attacking me personally and, like, there just must be something wrong with me and that there's no way that the church could be wrong. You know, it's, it's me. And so and so yeah. that caused so much anger when I realized that I just had that relationship with God and, like, none of that matters. Like, the only opinion I care about is what God thinks about me. And, you know, and, and that is where it's like, it's okay. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. And he teaches things like forgiveness, yep. right? That was exactly. huge. Reconciliation, mm-hmm. mercy. And I think also every time we're brought back, every time anger comes up, anger is always a great signal. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things where redemptively, if we can look at anger as that signal and say, okay, wow, this just triggered some anger. What's underneath it? Because whatever it is underneath it, I get to take that to Jesus. I get to take that. So whether it's that sense of betrayal, yeah. whether it's just the hurt from being falsely accused, because it hurts to have somebody impugn your character. Um, man, that's especially people who are friends who you think, you know, don't you trust who I am as a person? Yeah. Um, you're willing to sacrifice my character that quickly? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the longer I've walked with Jesus, none of that stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm starting to, to get over it. Um, but to take that, to be able to say, hey, Jesus, you know, here, and let me find you present Mm -hmm. you be like lynn said the god of my was and my is and my what's to come i give this over to you and i think it can actually open doors to deeper intimacy with with jesus um well man thank you thank you Mm -hmm. for being so candid um lynn thank you for touching on some of the other stuff because anger is is such a real part of a transition Mm -hmm. and we don't want people to run away from that Uh, 
we don't want people to avoid that or to just bury that, um, but to realize it's a very true part. Um, closing thoughts, Lynn, as we wrap up the segment? I My anger only dissipated as I walked with the Lord. I was in the Word and came to know who He was and what He taught. And the more secure I got in Jesus and the farther along in my walk, all those horrific attacks that certainly a former BYU professor is going to get in the very oh, beginning. Man. I mean, I used to stay up nights just crying that people would hate me that badly and say things that weren't true and accuse me of, they accused me publicly of having an affair. I have a 44 year marriage. You know, all of this is, was very silly stuff and it did get to me at first. But boy, the more I walked with the Lord, I realized. Partly, trials are part of being in Jesus, right? Um, but also, it just doesn't matter anymore. And I came to love the people who were attacking me, learned to pray for them, and actually began to have a heart for wanting them to know what I knew. Wow. Well, Garen, um, Thank you so much. Yeah. And wow, praise God for where he's brought you. I'm excited about where he's going to take you from here because you're still fairly young in the faith. You know, we've got a second episode or into a second part where you go into a little more detail about where God's taking you. So excited to hear that. So thank you for being with us. Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. Um, obviously, you're struggling with any of these issues that we've talked about. By all means, write to us unveilinggracepodcast.com is where you can reach us and literally only stepping into a relationship with Jesus is that place where you can heal and so we invite you into that place amen thank you for listening to another episode of the unveiling grace podcast we hope you'll join us next time for another conversation devoted to taking your life and relationships to another level of healing. You may connect with us and leave your questions, comments, plus find the show notes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals.